Hello, everyone. This is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, John. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. John, today I'd like to pick up from our last podcast, yes. which we talked about gamification. Yes, gamification. Do you remember the games we were playing? Did yes. we play any games, John? Yes, we did play some games. Okay, well, what was the game that we were oh, playing? Oh, no, you're going to ask me to remember the game that we were playing. <laughs> I, I remember more about talking about the games that you were telling me about yes. regarding, but most, I remember most of all Duolingo, because Duolingo yeah. was interesting in that while you're in the process of actually learning a language, yes. you were also getting recognition mm-hmm. through leaderboards and through badges and points, achievements and points and stuff. And, and I thought, and, and, what a great way to and motivate streaks a person. as well. Yeah. yeah. Because the way that I see is we know that gamification is a hot new trend. And American enterprise, and specifically uh, leaders and managers and business people, would like to see and use all the new tools available to help them achieve goals, right? Right. And these evidently are the kind that stimulate the people to want to get more excited and motivated about participating in the process of achievement. That's right. And Duolingo have done a lot of research and it's not infallible. It's it's, they're always testing because Duolingo is many different things. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a platform for people to get together and it's a platform for people to get together who believe in something, not because they want to learn the language, but they believe in learning mm-hmm. they believe in a sense of community and they believe in sense of connectedness in the world and i like those last two because community and connectedness is yeah. important we live because you and i are in the state of florida we live in an extremely homogenous community the term meaning in this state oh there yeah is this a state tremendous is a special, amount of diversity special very and it special. has to homogenize and come together we know that of course the principal languages of the state of florida of course obviously english but we have a very very significant hispanic population where spanish or the latin language is their first language exactly. and they have learned exactly. the english exactly. i think it's incumbent upon me being native born american mm-hmm. to become more familiar and sensitive and conscious and cognitive of what my spanish speaking friends are saying mm-hmm. and the way to do that is to become interested in knowing what they're saying, what they're doing, some of the general terminology and words that they say. But this Duolingo, from the way you described it, is one way to make that happen. So it's certainly not, what is that one, that program that people talk about all the time where you can learn a language? I forgot. Duolingo, rocket language. Uh, Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. Well, yeah. Rosetta Stone, it, I, I want to make sure that listeners understand that I am not endorsing any program. This is going back to my deep personal experience with Duolingo. And Duolingo is free. Anyone, anyone in the world can log in, create an account, become part of the community and contribute and learn the language at the same time. What Duol- and I have not been on a platform in a few months, maybe more than a year, but when I was an active user, I used to log in every day. Did you use Duolingo to learn English? No, I used Duolingo to learn Spanish. Really? Yes. Okay. And the, because I wanted, I was inspired by my friend, my dear friend, mm-hmm. uh, who actually can speak English, who can speak Russian, who can speak Spanish, and Chinese. That's amazing. Four languages, John. And I'm thinking too, this is tremendous. <coughs> it is Excuse someone me. who has motivation to become a true mm-hmm. citizen of the world. 
and he does it through games as well he have connected with people who are native speakers in right. chinese and spanish and that's what he does and he can go from one language into the other just in, at a drop of a hat so he inspired me to learn spanish not only did i sign up to be a duolingo member i also have ordered books audio tapes i listen to v- <laughs> music videos i listen to tapes of books that are read in english but now in spanish and the way i learned the language spanish is i listen to it over and over and over and over again i try to create this immersion total immersion because that's the key to learn the language i think that's key to anything is immersing yourself in it so that it becomes second nature to you yes and that's what it is and i think the duolingo the proprietors of duolingo mm-hmm. they have a dual purpose you know they they trying to translate the internet through the community of engaged users who log in on the regular frequent intervals and become members of the community and the way they do that because they understand the deep psychology of the players and not only that it's fun to play when you become part of the Olingo community this little owl owl o w l is that right you know mm-hmm. the bird i know because hootsuite uses a little owl exactly. and they have a hootlet and this little owl is talking to you and it's the way and the way that you create go through the languages through the language it's they call it the tree the language tree mm-hmm. it starts with the very basic such as boy girl uh, man female bread tomato eat go essentials sleep, basic walk, everyday things uh, verbs and then as it gets progressively harder and harder and not only that duolingo the, at least when i was an active user it uses the artificial intelligence to learn where you have m- made mistakes and what is your weak area so that's an interesting algorithm can, i like that that's right it always changing it always every user has its own algorithm and it mm-hmm. learns from your input and it's amazing it's, it is amazing let and, me say this yeah. this is just for the benefit of the listeners right. listen very carefully that we call this in broadcast terms and being from a broadcasting background, I will share this with you. This is a disclaimer, and why I'm saying this is we want you to understand we're not representatives of any specific gaming system or any specific learning system. What we are is we're people who are full of imagination and discovery, <laughs> yes. and we are always looking for ways where we can better ourselves. Right. Mark is an individual who is really more of a person giving a testimony, if you could say that, of a product that he has become familiar with over the course of the years and it has provided him great benefit. But this is in no way intended to make you think that he is endorsing this over something like a Rosetta Stone or any other form of teaching mechanism. Yes. We are people of discovery and part of the discovery process is that we are continually learning at our various stages in life. And when you stop seeking to learn, yes. I really do believe that you go through a mental atrophy. So and that's I'm no not, fun. No, it's not. That's and not I'm fun. not content yeah. to be that way. So yeah. when I come with you and I listen to these podcasts and I engage with you, yeah. this is a teaching opportunity for me. And right. I know that the people that are listening with those empathetic, int- attentive ears are gaining education as well, and they're expanding their learning yeah. curve right. and taking on greater opportunities. Exactly, and you are up. You said it completely right. I love Rosetta Stone, and I've seen my friend, in fact, use Rosetta Stone to learn mm-hmm. his language, uh, Spanish. But <clears throat> I think, just like in everything in life, life is, can be a game, or at least parts of the game, and and it can be fun as a result. Exactly, and what I have learned uh, researching about this topic, but I. 
honestly, I read this about this topic years ago. It is just now that I'm coming to full focus about this top, this trend in American business and in global business gamification, where you can take the design elements of the game and the game-like techniques to solve non-game design problems in the environment that is non non-game. Yeah, non-game. For example, there is this initiative that is actually undertaken by Nike. Nike. Yeah, Nike. You're familiar with the company? Very much so. Okay. A very imaginative company, but also <laughs> it's a sports a apparel company. Yeah, excellent it, products. Excellent. They have something called Nike Plus. What is that? Have you ever come across it? No, I've not come across it okay. personally. Nike Plus is you purchase the product. Let's say you, you purchase running shoes. So yes. inside the running shoes, there is this mechanism or a little device or a beacon that measures your speed, your distance, how many times you run, and it actually transports that information once you register to this platform, to this portal called kinda Nike like, Plus. Kind of like a pedometer types? Yes, it is amazing. Because what does Nike Plus have? They have leaderboards, points, badges, challenges, avatars, results, goal planning, all in one dashboard. Can you imagine the little shoes? Not little. I mean, maybe it's big. Whatever the medium size you have. Whatever the shoes you have, the shoes is talking to the computer. Mm -hmm. The computer is talking to you. And yes, I can imagine. And you talking to everyone in the world. What is this? It's using the designs of a game to involve the community. Not only that, but it also builds brand loyalty. It builds engagement in the community. What I have learned is that you can bring people together, not because they want something, but because they believe in something. Yeah, They believe in something greater. So this Nike Plus engaged users are the evangelists of that lifestyle, of running. Mm. Never heard it described that way, but I like it. <laughs> it's the truth. No, that's true. This is the truth because there's, you know, there's magazines, Runner's World. I mean, there's the, there's this this culture that is so strong with running and people who who run, it's 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 their life, it's their juice. They cannot stop. You've seen those people, right? Yes, I I'm have. not one of them. Clearly, no, no, not no. me either. But I'd like to be. I have an aversion to it, but you know, at the same time, too, I can see it being extraordinarily beneficial. Yes, I'd like to be part of the of the community with such a strong affinity. Mm -hmm. And then Nike Plus was able to do that. But a lot of so, if you're a business owner, let's say you're middle enterprise, business size, or nonprofit, and you start to copy Nike Plus, Nike Plus, you can have your own portal, you can have badges. Points, leaderboards, avatars, challenges. But we know, according to Gardner Research, 80% of all game design fail. planning fail. You told me that last week. It's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. But why do they fail? Is that just because you create some cute animatronics and cute animation and some leaderboards? There's a term in the gamification industry that is very prevalent, and it's mm -hmm. called P. B L syndrome. P B L syndrome. What it is is points, mm -hmm. badges, and leaderboard syndrome. Just because you can slap points onto something or create a leaderboard or create badges does not make it a game. Hmm. Just because you are enamored and you think this is going to solve all the problems in your business or enterprise, I think there's a wake up call. 
it, it is if you are if you are a business leader or if you're a business owner think like a game designer think how can you create an environment that is engaging for the users think about Duolingo they have created an addiction type vehicle there to you go. pull dopamine. people in that's dopamine. what it is that's yes. it dopamine yes the, now somebody, I'm not talking about cocaine here <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. What, are you talking about like Coke or? No. Oh, sorry, okay, Coca-Cola? You had, told, you had told us once that dopamine is something we actually naturally produce. We do. But yeah. it creates a amazing addictiveness yes. in that it's something that stimulates our mind. It yes. gives pleasure. Yes. So the addiction is when you get into it, you've got to go back and you want to do it again and again and again uh-huh. because you want to see how far you can climb in it. You want to see uh-huh. how far you can go with it. Uh-huh. And so we have a natural tendency to want to be involved in some form of a gaming process uh-huh. because there's this need to achieve, but we need reinforcement to achieve. That's correct. And I think what we what last time when we talked about the podcast about gamification, we talked about... Angry Birds. Yes, you did. We talked about Duolingo, mm-hmm. and we talked about Quirky. Yes, remember that. Quirky. Now, I think people exist with a different distribution of achievement gene. You have your own achievement gene. Mm-hmm. I have my own, and also the sense of competitiveness. Yes. I have seen game-like design being used in the banking industry. I worked in a bank. And the word department. Can you think of an example of game-like design? And are you talking about it from the perspective of the customer to the bank? Or are you talking about the bank employment group? Both. 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 What is American Express points system? It's a game. Yeah, it is. Airlines. It's a game. Starbucks star system. It's a game. So many others, right? Well, yeah, rewards cards. Coupon. Yeah, it's all a game. And how can you make it interesting? But I think you have to go deeper. Because if you just... I think everything in life can be either approached with a lazy approach, which sometimes works, Mm -hmm. or with an insightful approach where you go deeper and you understand and you create storyboards and you create scenarios and you create environment where your ideas can be enriched. That's what I'm talking about. Now, okay. Examples. Within a banking, you worked at Geico. Yes. And that's okay for for you to It's okay to say. It's okay to say. All right. Yeah, I did for 17 years, okay. primarily as And you a enjoyed it, right? Well, for the most part, I did. The work okay. was hard, but yeah. the people that I worked with yeah. were great, and I met a lot of great customers, too. And for, as, a, as a business ongoing enterprise, you have business goals, and you want to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing better next quarter, next yeah. year, And that's a decade. company process from the top down. Right. And as a business leader and someone who, who needs to make sure that the business is going in a profitable forward direction, mm-hmm. exactly. you create as many possible levers and techniques. So in the banking industry where I used to work, there were competitions. Yeah. Who could close more? And of course, we've seen that a lot of times in real estate and insurance, a top performing salespeople always get treated, you know, like trips around the world or some kind of, you know, like oh, yeah, this we call car. The, we call this the carrot on the stick exactly. in front of the horse. And not only that, um, only one winner. Right. One winner who gets the that result is I. I want to be the top person. However, the entire department or the entire section raises up uh, performance. Yes. Right. Everyone contributes. That's because so, they all want to compete to win. That's right. So we've been playing games before we even called them games since mm-hmm. the day we were born. 
Right. What we are bringing into focus now is how to create such a compelling environment, not for everything, but just to make sure that we achieve our goals. John, have you ever read any work by Daniel Pink? No, I can't. Okay, Daniel Pink. I, I can't say that I have because I don't recognize the name. Daniel Pink is an amazing writer. He used to be a presidential and actually gubernatorial uh, speechwriter oh. for somebody, for a uh, uh, governor in uh, one of the northern states, I think Virginia. And now he's an author and a speaker. He wrote a few books. The ones that I like is Drive, Whole New Brain. Whole New Brain. Whole New Brain, or one of those. I know Drive is one of them, and the Whole New Brain, and then To Sell is Human. Oh, to sell I like is that human. title. I read them all, and to, it's amazing. He's an amazing storyteller. He writes in a great tradition of the American pop psychology that... We in the United States and all over the world, we love psychology, how we can apply it to our lives yeah. and to the business. We aren't gravitate we, to stories. Aren't we obsessed yeah. with this? We, we think we we're looking for the great and better thing and better things that are yet to come. Mm -hmm. He wrote in his book, Drive, what are the three things that help people achieve their goals that everyone has? And I want to bring this to your attention. He talks there's the three things that drive all human decisions. And you know what they are? No, I don't. They are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Okay. So autonomy. Would you, wouldn't you like to be in control of your life? Yes. I mean, you would like to at least be able to know that you had a say in every aspect of your life in one way, form, shape, or fashion. And that goes back to the thing that you talked about with Viktor Frankl mm -hmm. when you said that you can have everything taken away from you except that one single unique thing about us, which is our last component of us and that is the ability to choose the attitude so that in the sense yeah. lets us know that no matter what we are autonomous creatures in this sense of choice exactly so this when you are game designer in the context of a business enterprise or in mm -hmm. the context of a nonprofit, or in the context of uh, a place or a community that you want to bring together make sure that you create a sense of autonomy mm -hmm. for all participants so That's they one. each know that they've got individuality, but yet they're part of the collective. Exactly. Okay. And they can direct their own lives. Now, second one is mastery. Yeah. And that's Ma something we all strive to do. And that's your part of your drive. That's mm -hmm. what that, that pushes you forward. Mastery is to make sure that you become the master of your craft. It is the urge to make progress and get better at something that matters. Because mm -hmm. wouldn't you be wouldn't you like to be the so good at something? You just become in this part of the flow and you become the extraordinary master. Not because you're... And you are recognized for that mastery. By your peers. Exactly. By your peers and also by your customers and mm -hmm. by everyone you get in contact with. Because when you're recognized by your peers, it's the sweetest reward. It is. That's the sweet spot of That's sweet right. spots. <laughs> sweet spot of sweet spots. That's amazing. I love it. Thank you. The third part that drives everything, according to Daniel Pink, is purpose. Yes. Purpose. And, and I'll tell you what, that's a word that a lot of your listeners, most of your listeners, I think, can relate to because purpose is something that all of us, I think, seek. But exactly. sometimes I think the big question is, do we really know what our purpose is? Yeah. And I think for a lot of times, for a lot of people, purpose resonates to be part of something that is larger than ourselves. 
something that is larger. And in, in his books, he goes very deep into the rise of Wikipedia. Did you know that Microsoft, didn't they have the, in the book that he have um, wrote, Daniel Pink, he has an example of Wikipedia. You know Wikipedia, the mm-hmm. online... The online dictionary. I mean, encyclopedia. And wasn't there a Microsoft product that Microsoft created, uh, the product that actually flopped because it was done by few yeah. engineers? And to tell you how badly it flopped, I can't even remember the name. Exactly. Nobody cares. Nobody but cares. what do you care about now? Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Why? Is because it's outsourced. It's crowdsourced to the rest of the world. Wikipedia. People are part of the community. That's they an algorithm are, that is constantly monitoring information. Always updating. Always yeah. updating. So that's an example of being part of something larger mm-hmm. than yourself. Yes. And contributing in a meaningful way. So if you want to create a game or take game design elements for your business, for your enterprise, think about autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Create that. And make sure that whatever the process that you create, immediate feedback must be present through all activities. Because users, participants, and players must know how they're doing at any point in time. Right. There's your games play with immediate feedback, achievement, and even a leaderboard. Yes. Points, ranks, badges, trophies, uh, reputation, all those sorts of things. As a final word, because I would like to make sure that I leave you with this. When you create a game like an experience, you engage better. You create a sense of community. Mm -hmm. And you bring people from different walks of life. Because none of us are smart as all of us. When you outsource the decision making. When you outsource the processes. When you outsource your business plan to the world. Make sure it's tested in a furnace of fire. that That is immediate feedback. Your final product will become extraordinary. Think like a game designer. And I... Like to thank everyone who've been listening and you, John, for con- your contribution. Thank you. Um, make sure that s- subscribe, share with your friends, yes. send the message of Speak Brave because this type of episodes it will help you think in a different ways. And we talk and we discover topics that are of interest to you. So connect with me on t- Twitter, Speak Brave, or send me an email on Facebook. And I um, cannot wait to hear you from you again. Thanks, John. Thank you, Mark. Until next time. This has been a Speak Brave podcast.